Welcome back, guys. This is North Point Plus, and this is episode 126. Welcome back. What if they've never watched before? It's your first time. Welcome. (laughs) My name is Jenna DeBrain, and I have the great pleasure of being the children's minister here at North Point. And this is Rick Rubel, our amazing head pastor. How are you doing? I am well. Head pastor. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's not your... Uh, I don't know what my title is. That is my habit. That's fine. Yeah. Good. I'm I'm well. Yeah. I am ready to ready to rock and roll. Ready to go. So kind of tell us a little bit of background of what you taught on Sunday and kind of how you got there and everything like that. Um so we're in this series, uh 12 Steps, mm-hmm. Desperate for a Breakthrough. Um we're getting close to the end. This coming week we'll actually finish the series. This week we're on step eight and nine. Mm-hmm. So um we kind of the first three steps kind of go together. They're about really coming to to reality to recognize that your life spun out of control that you need help from higher power higher power from God and that you ask for that help um, steps four and five are really about doing a, a fearless searching moral inventory mm-hmm. and um, and then uh, giving that to God uh, Steps, what's that, four, five, six, and seven are really about um, recognizing that you need God to take those moral defects away mm-hmm. and asking him to do so. Steps eight and nine are, um, are about making a list of the people that, that your actions have hurt mm-hmm. and, um, and then ultimately in step nine, going and making amends for those things. So uh, the, the message was really about um, making amends and restitution, mm-hmm. uh, the biblical foundation for that, and hopefully giving people a chance to think about, oh man, are there things that I have done that have injured other people that I need to make right? So yeah, yeah that was it. What was the hardest part about writing this sermon? Um, th- that's a great question. The the um, that's not on the list. Nope, you're still allowed <laughs> to ask. That's okay. The uh, I, um, I haven't really talked a ton about this, but the um, through this whole series, it, it has been you. You can't go through the twelve steps with a lot without a lot of deep introspection, mm-hmm. and so for me, um, writing each message has just been difficult because you can't talk about you can't you can't really think about. Um, who have you injured in your past without applying that question to you? Mm-hmm. And so thinking back through unresolved conflict and, and stuff in my own life and and where I need to reach out to people mm-hmm. um, and and how God fits in that. Um, even though I've said, you know, I've never done the steps in terms of really working through them. Yeah. Um, this is an area that I that I feel like I've dealt with in this particular area often. Um, where there have been a, a several different times in my life where I, where um, the events have been such that it's caused me to do a lot of deep introspection and to and to say, hey, is this my issue? Have, how, how has what I've done hurt somebody? Mm-hmm. And um, and then trying to go and make it right. So that, that's uh, that's a kind of a long wandering answer to say, just thinking about the the pain that you've caused in other people's lives. Yeah. And that kind of goes into our first question that we have. So our first question is, is why, why make amends for something that happened weeks or months or even years, even decades Decades ago? ago. Um, I I think the, the why question is a really great question because I think it's easy for us as followers of Jesus to Mm -hmm. just think, Oh, Jesus went to the cross. He put my sins on the cross. Everything's taken care of. 
and um, and I don't have to mess with all the stuff in the past. Mm -hmm. um, in reality, we are humans bound mm -hmm. by our flesh and blood, yeah. and um, and our memories don't just evaporate in terms of the past, nor do other people's. And so when we don't make amends, mm -hmm. uh, I think one of the things that happens is that we carry the burden of that broken relationship mm -hmm. um, and, and burden like the longing for it to be made right, mm -hmm. but also the burden of the pattern that some, we sometimes create from having, uh, having done something to hurt other people. Yeah. And if we don't address that, we only perpetuate the problem. It, mm -hmm. it only gets worse, and we just keep repeating that over and over again. So I think the big advantage in making amends is that mm -hmm. it releases that burden, mm -hmm. and that it really allows us to um, to be who God created us to be, mm -hmm. and to and to live with a joy rather than um, a sense of oppression. Right, being stuck in yeah. the things that you did wrong. It's kind of it reminds me of. Sounds so cliche, but the gospel. Um, <laughs> thousands and thousands of years after we sinned, and God still made amends and sent his son mm -hmm. and made amends with us. Yeah. And, and it's thinking of that even in that way of all throughout the Bible you see people having to make amends. I looked up Jacob and Esau. Just curious, you know, how yeah. many years went in between of the betrayal and stealing and then being apart. About 20 years-ish yeah. went in between that before... They, I don't know if they saw each other again and stuff like that. Well, yeah, when yeah. Jacob com comes back mm -hmm. to where Esau is and he lines out his family so that <laughs> Esau will be nice to him and not kill him. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's huge. I mean, it's making amends in a way, but that was 20 years right. in between. You know, like, why? Why not just forgive it and leave? But he felt like it was right. So, but yeah. Yeah, and sometimes I think we think that it's easier to just let bygones be bygones mm -hmm. and say, oh, that happened when I was in college or that happened when I was in high school or mm -hmm. that happened when I was a young adult or you're still a young adult. <laughs> um, the, um, and so we just kind of pretend like that was a long time ago. It doesn't really matter. When it does really matter, yeah. it matters. It may matter to the other person, but it matters to us just in terms of coming clean. Yeah, I when I first became a Christian, I did that like right away. I started texting the people who I really hurt when I wasn't a Christian. And it was so funny. They were like, Jenna, I really don't, and they're not Christian. Jenna, I really don't care. And I was like, well, I, I need to say I'm sorry. You yeah. know, that's because of what Christ has done in my life. And then flipping it, when I was in college, I dated somebody and it really, really hurt me. He was going through his own stuff. And like two years later, he texted me saying, I am so sorry for the things I did. Yeah. And we amended big time. We became friends after that. And so that was huge, even though for you, it may be like, why do that? That other person might be, thank you. They might be holding on to that grudge or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I said in the conclusion, when we try to make amends, when mm -hmm. we reach out to make amends, um, that's irrespective of what kind of response we get. Yeah. Because there may be the kind of response where people um, embrace us. Right. It, I, I said that maybe the kind of response where they slap you in the face because they're still so angry. Yeah. It may be the kind of response that they say, what are you even talking about? I don't remember that at all. Um, but our, our taking that initiative to make amends, mm -hmm. um, that's for us. Yeah. And, and I think 
especially for somebody who's in recovery, mm-hmm. somebody who's uh, alcoholic, somebody who's mm-hmm. drug addiction, when they when they take this step, when mm-hmm. they, when they reach out to make amends, most people who have lived close to somebody who's an alcoholic or a drug drug mm-hmm. addict, um, their response, unless there has been a proven track record for a while of change, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know, I know that there are lots of people in my life now that I know that are, that, um, that are in recovery from addiction, Right. but there are times that I think, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. 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 I've heard that before. And so, um, the, the process of reaching out to make amends, mm-hmm. it's more for, for the, for that person, the person who's caught in their sin or addiction than, um, than the person who's been offended. Yeah. My sister, um, Maddie, she's 24. She struggles with drug addiction. I think she's about to be a year sober, Cool. but I remember it was multiple years of her saying like, Jen, I'm so sorry. Like I'm trying to get better. I'm like, whatever. Like you are, you know, like you just keep going. And then it was this last time where she, where she said, Jen, like I need Jesus. Like I'm like, I found it. I found the reason. I'm, I'm better. I'm sorry. And then that's yeah. what I was like, okay. And she's been sober ever since. So it cool. is hard. It is yeah. super hard though. Yeah. So going to our next question, which is the really hard part of an application of what you were talked about is making a list of all the people you've hurt sounds overwhelming and emotionally draining. Do I have to do it? <laughs> it, it really kind of yeah. goes back to the first question. Yeah. You don't have to. It, uh, this is not a biblical mandate that mm-hmm. Jesus said, okay, this is what you got to do. Right. I do think that there's a, a strong biblical foundation for mm-hmm. it. Um, the, it's like, do I have to eat vegetables? <laughs> uh, you don't have to, right. um, but you you'll probably be healthier yeah. if you do. <laughs> It'll probably be better for you long term. Yeah. Um, and if you don't eat those vegetables, there comes a time that you pay the price for that. Mm-hmm. And I think there, if we don't make amends, if we don't reach out to try and bridge that gap, there mm-hmm. comes a time that we pay the price for that just in terms of carrying that burden. Yeah. And so it is hard. It's, it's yeah. uh, you know, when your question, what's the hardest part of this? I, I think when you start, when you start thinking about the, the things that you've done, the choices that you've made mm-hmm. that have hurt people, um, that's hard because mm-hmm. because we all want to think I'm a pretty good person <laughs> uh, you know I, I I'm I'm not bad compared to that person I'm not very bad and yeah I did some things wrong but you start thinking about the pain that you have caused them mm-hmm. um, and you really uh, consider that yeah uh, that it that's it's painful mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah I'm I'm weird I I said yes like you should do it and the reason why I said yes is because it is so, I think, crucial for healing. Yeah. Um, I am very big on trauma and healing from it. Like, I remember things that I did wrong when I was five years old on the school. I told you that this morning, five-year-old on the school bus. And I still hold that burden because they didn't have zero clue probably, but I do. But yeah. writing that name and saying, like, I'm sorry, you know, forgive me. They don't know. I don't even know where they're at anymore. Yeah. But it takes time and it's going to hurt. But at the end, it's going to be okay. There's a song I love. It's, you know, it hurts, but now I know I'm free. So that kind of yeah. reminds me of it. Is It's so hard. It seems daunting. It seems impossible that you're ever going to get through it. But you can. You have Jesus. You yeah. got it. Yeah, it's it's the Keith Miller 
quote that, that I used in the message where he says, um, we want a journey around the pain, mm-hmm. but the only way to get past the pain is to go through the yeah. pain. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 My dad, when I was born, decided to not be a part of my life. And that drastically hurt me for 18 years. And I remember I never wanted to forgive. Um, as Before I was Christian, I said, well, God, like you're, how dare you? And then I became a Christian. I was like, God, how dare you? <laughs> um, and then when I turned 17, uh, God, I went through a lot and God kind of said, you need to forgive him. And I was like, oh, and I hurt my dad in a way because of how I talked to, about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he never knew until I told him, because when I met him in person, I'm like, I'm so sorry of all the things I told about you when I was 10. Yeah. And, but it's so rewarding making lists of all the people that you did hurt, like including my dad. That was the hardest thing. Yeah. But that forgiveness of yourself and for him and just letting that God come in with love in that situation is so crucial. But this kind of goes into the overthinking of it sometimes. So, uh, so if you're an overthinker, sometimes there are small things from a long time ago, like when you're five on the school bus. These people probably don't even remember these things. How do you know what you really need to apologize for and what is just you being anxious? Um, that's, that's a really, really good question. Mm-hmm. I think that the process that what you do um, in that, in that um, as, as you make your list, mm-hmm. you start with the things that you know that you've hurt somebody desperately, mm-hmm. and you just keep writing. Right. And as things come to mind, you, I think you, you try and ask, how can I make amends? How can I make restitution in, in that um, particular situation? And I think if there are things that you can identify mm-hmm. I would just trust the Holy Spirit because the opposite reaction of that mm-hmm. is to rationalize and say, eh, that wasn't that big a deal. <laughs> yeah. But there's a reason why you still remember it. Right. And um, and it may be hard to figure out how to do that. Yeah. Um, I, this, is, this is, man, I hadn't thought of this <laughs> illustration. I could have used this on Sunday. Um, when I was in sixth grade, um, there was a girl that... You know, the sixth grade, it wasn't like we had this romance or anything, yeah. but um, I can remember in a sixth grade boy kind of way, how do you, how do you show that you care? You punch, you know? Um, <laughs> and, um, and so we were playing or whatever, and the, yeah. and the bus came, and, um, and I, uh, it's not like I smacked her, but I, I did something as we were, as we yeah. were hanging out yeah. and knocked her glasses off her face, yeah. and her glasses broke. Um, and, and it was something that I always felt terrible Mm -hmm. about. So a whole bunch of years ago, um, uh, she's on Facebook. (laughs) I was on Facebook. Our, our, we have a a Facebook group for our high school graduating class. Yeah. And when I saw she got on, I sent her a message and said, do you remember this from sixth grade? (laughs) I am so, so sorry. And, and and her response back was like, yeah, kind of, I remember. But it was like, you yeah. know, you're carrying this burden of breaking somebody's glasses from mm-hmm. a lot of years ago. Now um, you want to make me apologize to my sixth grade boyfriend. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> <Maybe> like, 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so you kind of mentioned uh, passage Exodus 22 that for us to kind of like go back on our own and kind of look into it. Are there principles from that chapter that we should apply today in cult in our culture? And do we have to obey what it's saying? Yeah, so Old Testament law was Old Testament law. Mm -hmm. Jesus came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill fulfill it. it. Mm -hmm. But I think that there are principles in Mm -hmm. the Old Testament, in the Old Testament law even, that can give guidance and structure, direction for us in terms of how we relate to other people, how we we relate to God. Mm -hmm. And so Exodus 22 is not... It's not binding law on us, mm-hmm. but it really does lay a foundation, um, just like the the passage I read in number six, um, about this concept of of um, restitution mm-hmm. and making amends. Um, and so, if you think back to the Old Testament, there's actually in Exodus 21, um, there's a passage that says. If there's serious injury, you're to take life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, <laughs> wound for wound, bruise for bruise. Mm-hmm. And um, and so you take a step back and say, okay, how do you make sense of that in yeah. terms of what Scripture teaches? Mm-hmm. Um, there was something powerful in that legal system that says yeah. what you do is going to be done back to you mm-hmm. because... That keeps it from escalating. Yeah, it keeps it from okay. You punch me, I'm going to punch you harder. Um, you you know you kill somebody in my family, I'm going to go kill two people in your family. Yeah. Um, that that concept of restitution and penalty and mm-hmm. and, and payback, all all that that's all there in the Old Testament, but mm-hmm. but it speaks very specifically about some stuff in Exodus 22. Yeah. It basically says, hey, if you steal this kind of animal. Mm-hmm. You need to pay it back four for one. Yeah. But if it's this kind of animal, you need to pay it back five for one. Mm-hmm. Um, it it says uh, if you this is this is a principle that I think is just really interesting. It said if you borrow an animal mm-hmm. and the animal is injured or killed, you've got to replace that animal. Mm-hmm. But if the owner of the animal is with you, you don't have to pay it back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, okay, what's the application of that look yeah. like for us mm-hmm. um, today? I, and I, and I would uh, this is this is a concept, a principle that I've wrestled with and thought mm-hmm. through multiple times. Mm-hmm. So if I borrow tools from my neighbor, right, and um, and I'm using the tools and I break the tools, mm-hmm. I need to replace the tools. Yeah. But if my neighbor and I are working on our car, mm-hmm. and I, and I'm twisting the wrench or whatever, and the, uh, like I'm going to break a wrench, if I if I'm using a tool and I break the tool while the neighbor's there with me working on the car, mm-hmm. that biblical principle says no, you, you were part of that, right. and you don't have to replace that. That's an that's a really interesting concept to try and think. Okay, how do I learn the moral equivalent? Of of what it means to borrow and replace if something gets broken, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. So um, so like I I've thought you know what if I borrow somebody's car, yeah, and I wreck the car, mm-hmm. I need to I it needs to be my insurance or mm-hmm. I need to pay for the repair of that. Right. But if I'm driving the car, and and the person I'm borrowing the car from is mm-hmm. in the car with me, yeah, that's a different. Right. That's a different kind of circumstance. Yeah. So there really are some some pretty cool principles that are there in terms of how 
God taught the Israelites to think mm-hmm. and and what their value system would be like in terms of uh, restitution, compensation, mm-hmm. um, penalties, all all that kind of thing. So yeah, I yeah. I think that there are some that uh, there again they're not laws that mm-hmm. we have to do it, but it's but it gives a framework to say, okay, how do you deal with this situation? And mm-hmm. if I can even go a step further, uh, like. Um, we talked about it. We had six kids, so mm-hmm. we had we had friends over that had kids. Yeah, and our kids would go to other people's <laughs> homes. Mm-hmm. If our kids broke somebody's toys when mm-hmm. they were at their house, it was our duty to replace those toys. Mm-hmm. If um, if their kids were at our house and they're all playing together. Mm-hmm. And they break the toys. Mm-hmm. That's they're all playing together. Yeah, that, um, yeah. And and so that person's parents doesn't ha- don't have the responsibility to right. to do that. That's funny. I was literally I babysit a lot yeah. uh, for people at the church. I love it. I think it's such a good ministry opportunity. But I babysit, um, and I always tell them when they have friends over and they're all playing together. I always say if you don't want them to play with that toy, you got to go put it away. And yep. I said it could get broken. It could get bent, any of it. And so it's funny. Sometimes they'll bring out toys and they don't even think about that. And then it gets broken or bent and they get so sad. I'm like, but you got to remember, we're all playing together. You are allowing somebody to use something, even though you quite, even though you know it could get broken. And so it's just funny of when you give somebody or if you're with somebody and they break it and you're with them. Right. Like that's that's okay. Like I remember me growing up. I well, one I was that girl who cut up all the hair on her Barbies. But nice, yeah, nice, but yeah. my friends, we would break Barbies, we would break toys, and it was just kind of one of those things. We're like, well, I guess we kind of played too hard. And then our parents would be like, it's okay. Like we have plenty more. Like don't worry. But it was that of when you play together and you're playing, sometimes things are going to get broken. Yeah, I, I would say uh, as a parent, uh, mm-hmm. like I said, of, of six kids, yeah. um, we tried to instill in our kids mm-hmm. that if they were at somebody else's house and they broke a toy, mm-hmm. they broke the toy, right. <laughs> that that yeah. they needed to replace that toy. Yeah. Um, that's that concept of making amends right. and restitution. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. So- Oh, those are all of our questions. That's it? Yeah, because we could just covered the last one. Oh, yeah, one. we did. Yeah. We, you and I are just uh, going. We're rocking and rolling. Yeah. Um, there, uh, let, me, let me think if there's anything else in the message that, that uh, didn't make it in. What would you say to that one person who is like, well, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't struggle with drugs. I don't struggle with porn, sex. I may be addicted to my phone or watching TV. And they're kind of passive listeners to this series. Uh, I've been there. I've talked to somebody about it. They're like, yeah. I didn't realize, holy cow, once they started. What would you say to them to encourage them to lean in or rewatch some of the sermons? Yeah, um, you know, um, I, I, I would just do what I guess what you said. <laughs> I would encourage yeah. them to go back through and, and, and maybe to pray before they watch mm-hmm. again or listen. Mm-hmm. And say, God, show me where this is me, because yeah. I would maintain that we all have addiction to sin, mm-hmm. and we all have um, we all struggle with stuff. Sometimes the the consequences, and and I, you know, I haven't really talked about this. There is a difference between the chemical um, compulsion 
to participate. That if if you're addicted to drugs, mm-hmm. your body craves mm-hmm. that drug. It's not just simply saying, "Oh, I'm going to go through the twelve steps, give it to That's God." That's what my sister always said. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's it, it's it, there's a different level that mm-hmm. that you have to deal with whether that's going through detox or whatever it is. Um, Sometimes I think maybe we need to go through detox with sin and, and, you know, figure out how to break the power Mm -hmm. by, by eliminating our exposure to a particular thing. You know, you struggle with, with, um, with porn or whatever. Mm -hmm. Maybe the thing that you need to do is go for a period of time Mm -hmm. without your phone, Mm -hmm. without any alone time with a computer. Mm -hmm. Um, and then in that detox time, mm-hmm. then you start to work the steps. Yeah. Um, because you realize that you're powerless. Right. Your life is unma- unmanageable, right. all that stuff. Um, the, uh, the, my, my, I think one of my biggest burdens in this series has been that, um, that it would be easy for people to say, oh, that's not me. Mm-hmm. And my challenge would be to say, I think it's you. I, th- yeah. I think it's all of us. Right. And I, and I think to deny that is um, uh, it's probably a lie from Satan. Yeah. Now again, I well, mm. for me, I, I just keep coming back to um, in in one part of the message yesterday. I said um, step four. Step four is about step four and five is about confession. Mm-hmm. When you do the the searching moral inventory of yourself. Um, searching and fearless moral inventory. That's all about confession. Yeah. That um, steps uh, six and seven are all about repentance. Mm-hmm. It's it's saying, God, I'm so sorry, and I need you to take this away. Mm-hmm. It's all about repentance. Step eight and nine, I think, um, for me, it's all about, and, and and you would think that there would be a better word for this, but for me, it's all about selfishness. Yeah. Um. It is whether or not we are willing to recognize the impact that our sin has on others, not just on our relationship with God. Yeah. And um, and when I do that, when I think about the things that I've done that have injured other people, mm-hmm. at least in me, I don't know if this is true for everybody, but at least in me, the root of that is always selfishness. Oh yeah. I um I I I had a great conversation with with um our older son last night and I was telling him about the series and, and, um, and we're talking through stuff. And in that conversation, he said, um, he said, for me, the root of everything is pride. Mm -hmm. Um, and pride, I think speaks to this because we don't want to admit Mm -hmm. that our choices, our sin, our addiction Mm -hmm has negatively impacted other people. And and sometimes, sometimes the magnitude of that impact is incredible. Mm-hmm. So somebody who has a sexual addiction um, the, and, and, and lives that out mm-hmm. can destroy somebody else's oh, life. Oh, yeah. And, and it's pretty difficult to make amends for that. Oh, yeah. Um, but that's that's true you know the 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 magnitude the magnitude of trauma that mm-hmm. you can create mm-hmm. as an alcoholic mm-hmm. um is it's devastating and so you look at that stuff and you think oh that's not me 
Mm-hmm. But then I think, oh, when I lose my temper, that that has impacted my relationships with everybody I work with. You know, they're afraid to talk to me or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, when when I when I have this this issue with um, hedging on telling the truth, which is a nice way of saying I lie. Mm-hmm. You know, when 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 I lie the impact that that has had on this person and this person and this person because they believed what I said and they acted on it and then that blew up in their face. Mm -hmm. Um, Their inability to trust other people is because of me. That's, um, that's, you know, our selfishness, our pride. When, When we make that list and begin to make amends, it takes us back to a place of humility that, that really, it's kind of where I started in the message in, in terms of with my friend Mark, the authenticity of being able to say, uh, you know what, I'm a mess and I'm just trying to go one day at a time following Jesus. That's, that's I think, the, the mm-hmm. um, that's where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 When I first became a Christian, I told my youth pastor, I said, why is life so hard? Like being a Christian is ridiculously hard. And he goes, Jenna, because you're looking at it like it's a sprint. You're just yeah. going. And he says, it's not. He goes, it is one day at a time yep. and for a while sorry mom uh i put on my mirror and expo marker one day at a time and it is still there <laughs> it uh, is not great. coming off but uh and that's what i said and that goes with addiction with struggles with college with school with work it's all one day at a time take it one day at a time walking with jesus one day at a time yes yep. <laughs> oh yeah well do you have anything else that's all i got us? that's all i got perfect well thank you guys for joining us and we will see you on sunday and see you next week